Hello, mamas. Today is going to be good. I want to talk about our kids, us as parents, raising our kids, those hard days when us as moms, it really gets to us. When our kids get to us, our kids really know how to push our buttons, don't they? Let's talk about that, how to work through that, and what our role as parents really is. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. We are in full-blown packing mode over here. We signed our papers, we closed on our house, and my packing and moving system is working so well for us. We move in three weeks now using all of my systems, my time management tools, in combination with the moving system that I created. I have an episode on that. I'll link it in the show notes. If you're moving anytime soon or you know somebody who is, I highly recommend listening to that and implementing the system. I am packing and I'm getting it all done stress-free. I have made all of these same tools available to you through the Ditch the Overwhelm course, the coaching, and I'm even releasing a freebie with my full morning routine checklist, so that way you can have a powerful and enjoyable start to your day every single day. So head on over to RestoredMama.com, check it all out. So I have a 10-year-old here in my house. She's actually going to be 11 here soon. Georgia, you hear me talk about her a lot. Things can get kind of emotional around here with her. You usually are not prepared for the stage until it comes, because you typically can't remember what it was like to be a 10-year-old girl and all the emotions that go along with it, all the hormones, all the things. And then it's like, bam, here we go. Emotions galore. Well, I have one of those in my house. We're working on it. We're working through it. Some days can be hard and other days are wonderful and smooth. The older girls aren't living here anymore. The 16-year-old, she's with her mom. She's finishing up high school. And the oldest, she just moved out of our house into her own apartment. She's starting her sophomore year of college now. It's so crazy. And then we have the two little boys, toddler who's coming into his own. He's learning his boundaries, how to push the limits. And he really knows how to push our buttons as parents. He knows his sister's buttons and how to push those. And he is good at it. So things can get a little crazy some days around here. It's important as the mom to not let it get to you not let it bring me down and for me to not take it personal. And I really need to be the example to my kids that I need to set even when my buttons are pushed, especially when my buttons are pushed. It's really easy to just kind of let it take over, let your emotions take over. It's easy to just sit there and snap at your kids and yell at them, whatever it is that you do when your buttons are pushed. 
Maybe you spank out of anger instead of just out of discipline. Or maybe the discipline is a little more harsh than what it should have been, depending on their behavior and what it calls for, because you're angry and then you overreact. Or maybe you just ignore it because you don't want to deal with it. You're just done. You've had enough. I've had all of these moments, except for spanking out of anger instead of discipline. I have been very intentional with that. And every time I spank, it's only out of discipline. And there's a conversation that goes along with the spanking. If I'm angry and I need to take a pause before I spank, then that's what I do. I never want anger to be behind the discipline. Disciplining your child is about teaching them and training them and helping them learn to be the type of person that God has asked them to be. God never disciplines us out of anger. His correction is always loving and gentle, and it's with grace and kindness. That's how I aim to teach my children. Now, that's not to say I'm never angry with them. Oh, I am. It happens pretty frequently. But I do just what we're talking about today, to calm myself before any discipline happens. We're going to talk about how you see your child on those hard days. How do you react? Or do you respond in kindness and grace? Or is it just a knee-jerk reaction and you yell and snap? That is the key to your relationship with your kids, that connection to your children, and how the whole rest of your day or even that season that you're in will go. There are moments every day that my kids get an attitude. They say or they do something they shouldn't. They react to me or their dad or their siblings in a negative or harsh way. And the way that I look at them, the way that I speak to them, the way that I respond, that is key to what happens after. For example, Georgia, she can get an attitude when she speaks to me. She can snap, okay, and she just gets all grouchy and grumbly and just has a really bad attitude. She's never outright defiant. I guess there are moments that she does get defiant, but she's not really outright defiant. She just gets grumbly and she lets you know exactly how she feels about it and that she doesn't want to do it. And I let her know that it's okay to have those feelings and those emotions, but it's the way you behave and the way you you act with those feelings and emotions. Because being grumbly about it and doing it with a bad attitude, that it's not honoring to us. Now, I could sit there and I could yell at her and I could be rude and I could treat her the same way that she's treating me. But what does that get us? Does that get us anywhere? It doesn't. It's just showing her that it's okay to behave that way. Now, if I respond out of grace and love and kindness, and I explain to her why she shouldn't be acting the way she's acting, why she shouldn't do or say what she did, and I I train her and I teach her out of love, and I explain to her and I show her how the appropriate way to behave and respond is, then she's going to learn how to do that too. But it takes me being that example and being that representation of grace and love and honoring. Now I do discipline her. I let her know that that's not appropriate, that you do not speak that way. And that's not okay. That's not how God has asked us to behave. And God has said, we need to honor and respect our parents. And the way you're behaving right now is not being honorable and respecting to us. And so we have a whole discussion about it. And she usually gets something taken away, but it's all done out of love and gentleness. Now, of course, I'm not perfect. There are moments that I snap too, and I have I apologize to her. I don't pretend like it's okay for me to act that way because I'm the parent, but it's not okay for her to act that way because she's the child. It's not okay for either of us to act that way. 
And so when I do, I apologize and I show her how it should have been handled. And then we've got James. He's two. He'll be three soon. And he definitely likes to push his limits, push his boundaries and test us big time. And sometimes we spank, but it doesn't seem to really work for him. I ask him if he needs a spanking and he'll say, yeah. And then he spanks his own bottom. It doesn't seem to phase him. And so what I have started to do is time out. I realized after I sat back and I looked at every time he would react the way he was reacting, I realized it was because he was either overstimulated or had some big emotions and he couldn't handle them. And so we started trying to do timeout. I would put him in timeout. And it got to the point where I'd ask him, do you need to go to timeout, James? And he would say yes. And he'd put himself in timeout. He's two years old. So he would sit there for two minutes. And after the two minutes, I'd let him know that he can get up. And he is happy and go lucky and cheery. And it's like nothing ever happened. I realized he needed that time, not only as a disciplinary action. He's going in timeout. He doesn't get any attention. He doesn't get to play with toys. Nobody talks to him. He's there by himself. So it is discipline, but it also gives him that time to recover his emotions and sit there. And he's he's two years old, so he's clearly not thinking through what happened. He can't logically process that kind of thing. But he does have that time to compose himself. Whether he realizes that's what he's doing or not, he composes himself in that moment because He's not getting stimulated. All the stimulations are taken away. It's quiet and there's nothing happening. So he has to rein it all in. And then he's back to his normal self. It's often times because there was too much stimulation and then his emotions start to accelerate and he just loses it. But it took me stepping back, putting myself aside, putting what I thought he needed aside and looking at him, looking at the situation and what it was that causes these situations to arise. I look at the triggers for him, and I put all the pieces together, and I realized he needed some time. He needed to get away from everything that was happening and causing that conflict inside of him. A little bit of time out, and he's good to go. So the way I responded to Georgia, the way I responded to James in those situations, it diffuses the situation. Instead of me reacting, and it accelerates it by my reaction, I would diffuse the situation by my calmness and my gentleness and my kindness and love out of that discipline. Responding with kindness, even though it is still discipline, it diffuses the situation instead of accelerating everything. Now, both situations with Georgia and with James, they are getting disciplined. They're not allowed to speak or behave the way that they had chosen to and it's not okay, and we let them know. But my response is what either made the whole situation worse, or it diffused it and gave the opportunity for them to be receptive and learn how to behave better next time. My response is what causes an either effective learning opportunity or an even bigger problem that just ends up lingering throughout the day. Everybody gets an attitude, and that attitude lingers throughout the day, I am frustrated and upset with myself because how my kids are reacting or how I reacted and then I'm distracted or I'm trying to diffuse the situation between the two and I'm not getting things done because I'm either distracted or I'm preoccupied with being the go-between with the kids. Can you see how my response changes the entire dynamic in the home 
It's the same whether it's your kids or your husband or your friends or your family. The way you respond instead of reacting to the situation, your responses, it's key to your relationship with whoever it is that you are responding to. And the connection that you're going to have with your kids as they grow up, as they learn and as they grow, they are going to build a stronger bond with you because they know that they can trust you. And even if they are in trouble, your discipline is done in a gentle and loving way so that they know they're safe. Now, there are times for a more firm discipline, of course, like when James decides it's a good idea to sit on his little brother's back and try to ride him like a horse while he's crawling around. (laughs) Yes, that happens. I yell, it needs to be quick. It needs to be firm. And he needs to get off immediately and know that it's not okay. It's going to hurt his brother. Now, it's funny as I look back that he actually did that. And this is going to be a story that I remind him and laugh about when he's a teenager. Hey, James, remember that time when you thought you could ride your little brother like a horse when he was just a baby? But in the moment, I don't want Caleb getting hurt. So I have to be quick and I have to be firm. There's no discussion. There's no delayed response from me. And he knows mama means business. He looks up at me with a stone face. He gets off. He pauses. And it's all immediate reactions from him. And then he comes over and he asks for a hug. If I were to respond like that every time that he did something wrong, like anytime him and his sister got in a fight, if I were to respond in that quick, firm, like I did when he was sitting on his brother, he wouldn't react so fast to the times that it was crucial and I needed him to act fast. He knows when I get that tone, it's serious. But he also knows I still love him and I'll hug him and I'll love on him even after that, even after he gets in trouble. And it doesn't mean I'm mad at him. It just means he did something that he wasn't supposed to. Mama still loves him and we can move on, but he can't do that anymore. You're going to have hard days. It's all part of parenting. It's really only easy if you're doing it wrong. So if you're doing it right, it's going to be hard. You're going to have those difficult days. You have to be intentional with how you're going to respond, but it's going to go all wrong sometimes, no matter what you do. And you're going to have to be the bigger person and apologize to your kids more often than you may like. You're going to have to get over it. Get over the way you respond. Get over the way you have responded in the past. And most of all, get over it when your kids react in a poor or negative way. It's not personal. They're not doing it to intentionally hurt you. They're acting the way they are because they're learning. That is how... They know how to respond based off of the feelings and emotions that they're experiencing. And they're probably really big feelings and big emotions that they don't know how to control. Us as parents need to realize that it's our job to help guide them and train them to work through the emotions in a healthy way. To feel them for a moment and move on instead of responding based off of the intense emotions during those circumstances. We are to guide them and direct them. We aren't meant to be their friend. We are designed to be their guide, their leader, their teacher, and their parent, not their friend. But if we can't control our own emotions, how are we going to teach our children to control their emotions? Proverbs 22, 6 says to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. We need to train them and help them to grow up with that strong relationship with God, but also in other ways. Teaching them how to be kind and gentle, how to manage their emotions instead of being managed by them. 
If we're just reacting instead of pausing and controlling our own emotions, they're going to learn that from us. They're going to see what we do, hear how we speak, and they're going to mimic that no matter their age. It's important for us to show our kids how to respond in love, how to respond in grace. And as hard as it may be for us to just get over it, sometimes we have these high expectations for our kids and they're not realistic. They're not something that our kids have the tools to be able to live up to at that moment. If we expect something from them, we need to teach them. For example, chores. Georgia has always had a hard time with chores. She is very good and such a hard worker. And when I ask her to do something, she's usually right on it. As long as I give her a warning, she's, she's good. But when I have a chore list for her, or I have things that I want her to get done throughout the week, it's almost like she sees it all and she's just overwhelmed by it. Especially when we add all the other things like school and her other responsibilities. And the older she gets, the more responsibilities she has. It's almost like she gets overwhelmed. And so I took a step back, I evaluated, and I thought about me. I would get overwhelmed before I knew how to organize my list. Basically, what I was giving her was a to-do list. And I tell all of you, and I tell myself, you don't operate off of a to-do list. But I was expecting my 10-year-old daughter to. Now, how can I have expectations of her to be able to operate off of a to-do list when I know it's not functional? And I know I can't even operate on a to-do list and be effective and productive. I decided to teach her a minimum way of doing kind of like the time blocking that I teach all of you. So I have her week separated just five days, Monday through Friday. And we have the list of everything she needs to get done. And then she gets to choose what day she wants to do what. So we talk through what's going on that day, other responsibilities that she might have, like are we doing church that day? Are we meeting with a one of our groups for a play date or something? Is it the day that she has her guitar lessons? Something like that. We talk through the other expectations for that day so that she can be reasonable with the amount of things that she can get done. And then she chooses the day to put that on. And it has been working so well. But I had to teach her how to do that. She didn't know how to just do that. I didn't even know how to do that as a grown-up. I had to learn. So I have this expectation of her. I need to teach her how to actually fulfill that expectation of getting her chores done and getting her schoolwork done. If we want them to respond with kindness and love, but they're hearing us yell anytime we get upset, how are we teaching them the tools that they need to be able to respond with love and kindness and grace like Jesus does? They're seeing us react instead of respond. And they're seeing us fueled by our emotions instead of managing our emotions. So they will do the same. It's our job to teach them and train them, but also to show them by example. This is one of the reasons I talk about getting up before your kids. It gives you time to center yourself. Spend some time connecting to Jesus. Have some coffee while it's still hot. And just have some quiet you time before everyone needs something from you all day long. If you don't have that time and you just wake up, you hit the ground running, you will get burnt out, you will get exhausted, and you will snap. You will not end up being that example that your kids need. So how do you raise up your kids to live a godly life? To train up your child in the way they should go so they don't depart from it when they're older? You do that by example so they can see it, so they can mimic it. Instead of mimicking you, letting your emotions fuel your actions, instead of mimicking you as you yell and you get upset, 
instead of mimicking you when you take what they say or what they do personally. I want you to take a moment after this episode is over, take a moment and pause. Maybe you have to lock yourself in the bathroom or hide in your closet for a couple of minutes just so you don't get interrupted. Whatever you need to get a little quiet just for a couple minutes. Take a moment to yourself and reflect. How has the day gone so far? If you're doing this in the morning before your day has begun, then reflect on yesterday. Just pause and think through these questions. Okay, do you have a pen and paper ready? I'm going to read off eight questions. If you need to rewind so you get the questions, go for it. Question one, how has the day gone so far? Or how did it go yesterday overall? Question two, how did you respond or react in the difficult situations that arose? Did you respond with love and grace and gentleness like God would? Or did you react out of anger fueled by your emotions? Okay, question three. Why did you react or respond the way you did? Question four. Do you like your reaction or response in that situation? And are you proud of how you handled it? Okay, question five. What was different that time? Question six. What was the trigger for your reaction? Seven. What result did your reaction or response bring about? And eight, what can you do differently next time to get the result that you want? Okay, take a pen and paper with you when you sit to reflect on these questions. Don't take your phone. I don't want you distracted. Write out your answers to these questions and sit and reflect on it. Sit, reflect, think, pray on these questions. Ask God to show you how you can handle it better the next time. Even if you responded well, you can always do better. So think and and pray about it. Ask God to show you what you can do better next time. If you if you prepare yourself before the situation comes, then it's a whole lot easier to pull from that memory bank instead of going with a quick gut reaction. It's part of parenthood, but it's also part of parenthood to love our kids, to love them as Jesus loves them. He never reacts. He always responds. And his response is always fueled by love, grace, and mercy. So are you going to react to your children with anger, fueled by your emotions? Or are you going to respond to your children the way Jesus would with grace and mercy? Okay, mama, love you. You got this. I know it's hard, especially those days where our emotions just seem to be welling up inside of us. Maybe it's just a hard day. It all started off wrong. But it's time to shift our perspective. Think about it ahead of time so we can be prepared for that next situation. We know it's going to come. We just don't know how or when. So we just prepare our mind and our heart and we get ready. It is one of the many joys of being a parent. You don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. It's always something new and exciting, right? Just make sure to give it up to God and think about it so you are prepared ahead of time so you don't take it personally. And then you can respond in love and grace instead of just reacting. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you like Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.